So welcome for those who are listening. Uh, this is our first, sort of first. Yeah. Episode, so yeah, first real first episode yeah. or conversation. Conversation. It's first not conversation. Really episode. Yeah, there's no episodes. Yeah. We we had some up there, but I took them down. I did. Okay. <laughs> Maybe I don't. <laughs> I'm not sure. They might be up there. Yeah. But uh, yeah. So I'm Ricky, and I'm Marty. There you go. And uh, we'll be discussing um, just various biblical topics, you know, maybe Christianity overall, you know. Yeah. doesn't even have to be biblical topics, it's just, you know, being what it is to be a Christian, what it is, that it, what it's not to be a Christian, and what it could be to be a Christian, I don't know. Yeah, exactly. We're kind that's of in the, I don't know, you know, working, working it out together. We're working it out, and that's the way it is. Mm-hmm. You know, one or t- two or more together, and there's Jesus. Yeah, he's in, in our midst. midst. There you go. Yeah. So. So, but the main reason why we started this was because you had a, a revelation. I had a revelation. And let me tell you my revelation. Tell My revelation was, uh, I guess it came to me sort of somewhat in a dream. And then also just, you know, I was sitting there. But um, <clears throat> anyway, that we need as believers in Christ, followers of Christ, whatever term you want to use it as Christians, that we need to be more vocal when it comes to um, sharing the gospel and not really looking at church as a traditional way that we look at it today and look at it in a way that it's based on not only, you know, of course, some people say, you know, works and all that's not going to get you nowhere and everything, but it's a combination of everything, right? It's not just works, but it's a combination of things. But looking at it where it's not a kind of, Go back to the old way of doing things. Not looking at it as a source of, of income for some people. You know, um, I, I look at church today or religion today. Um, I don't even know what term I should use better. But as a, a money factor where money becomes a major factor in the organization. So maybe not look at the church as, as an organization per se, but looking at it as the foundation to... Um, us understanding our relationships with Christ, if that makes any sense. Yeah. You know, so, because I think that society has made, like we've become so commercialized that the church has become very commercial as well. And so it's like, what, what, what's the next gimmick we can get people in? But yeah, you get these people in, but what are you actually teaching them? It's like, we talked about it before. Okay. You bring them to church. Okay. They're part of Christ, but, what do you what do you do afterwards? Yeah, after your conversion. After or... your conversion, yeah. So and it's and churches become more of a number game than it's kind of like the old saying, "Do you like quality versus quantity?" Right. Right. And I really think that we need to focus on somebody that's really there for the that are seeking Christ versus those that are just there. They don't even know why they're there, you know, um, because a lot of churches just kind of say, "Well, we just need those bodies in here because that's a form of of revenue." Right. And we need to. Do away with that form of, you know, of business, man. Yeah. So my thing is that we should go back to the, uh, I guess you would say early church where we didn't focus on those kind of things. Kind of get it like the the simplicity of, of, of being a Christian and what it means to be a Christian versus the complexity that it's become today. Because I think the church has become really complex where it's actually become a turnoff for people too. Right. 
anything. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's a little con- a little condensed version of what I was. Trying yeah. To. So so because what I see, man, mm-hmm. you know, is I listen to a lot of Christian podcasts, right? Yeah. And so what I've noticed is that at the beginning of these Christian podcasts, they're always. Oh, donate money. Give your tithe to us. Give money. Do this. We need your money. Consider supporting. You know, I mean, before they even get to the message, because they and then they tell you, you know, that oh, you know, we would like you to support us to keep this ministry going or keep this podcast going. Podcasts are free. Right. It does not cost money to do a podcast. The podcast that we are doing right now, no money went into it. No money. I mean, there's, there's, there's. It's not. It's not costing us money to make it. It's not costing us money to publish it. Right. I edit the show. We speak on it. We have the mics. It, it didn't cost us anything. No. So when you hear this, or I hear this, let me say, when I hear this, and because you know I know how to make a podcast, I know it's a bunch of BS. Yeah, it's frustrating to hear that kind of stuff because that's like the first thing you're they're trying to do. It's like selling, trying to sell somebody a car. You know. You know, trying to get them like, oh, you know, I don't know, man. To me, it's just, it's frustrating, especially for those that are new to, I guess, Christianity. And then they hear the first thing that says, well, we need this, we need that. And don't get me wrong. I believe that we should support maybe our local church that are actually doing things. Mm -hmm. I believe that we should, um, you know, if a a pastor was to say to accept because he's doing this full time as a form of a salary, that's cool too at a at a minimum, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Not not where he's like, oh, you know, he's driving around in a Mercedes and has three cars, and that's I have a problem with that. Yeah, you know, because and and they should have a problem with that too, because that's not that's not really what Christianity is all about, right? You know, the, the money from from what I read, the money should go in to the church, so the church can give it out to people who exactly should or help exactly. be able to help people who don't have yeah the necessary means to survive, right? Right, and I and I and I have a problem when you see the churches that are just taking, 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 and exploiting people. In some cases, actually exploiting people for the money, and then they they don't give nothing back, or that person that is in that congregation or whatever is has no face, no value unless they're giving something. Right. You know, I've 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 actually in a family member um, actually um, was I'm not going to name denomination or whatever, but was part of a church that. When their family member died, they didn't they didn't actually um, come in to pray or anything like that because they haven't been what you'd say always prominent tie givers. Uh-huh. So I I don't get that, you know. And I think uh, we were talking about this the other day. We had a, a friend of ours who's uh, passed away, and uh, uh, and in order for them to mention them in prayer at the church, they had to pay. Is it? Uh, yeah, you know. So that that's that's what kind of upsets me to see those things. Why can't it be where, you know, we we get together and and, and not even the formality of a congregation, but like as uh, as people together coming together, have a meal together, and let's just talk about Christ. Is it, yeah, because you know? that's that's the way it was done in 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 the scriptures, if you, like in the Acts of the uh, Apostles or stuff like that. They went into people's houses and just broke bread. Uh-huh. That's it. Yeah, and they spoke about Jesus and Christ, and or you know, and God and stuff like that. That's right. all they did. They didn't. You didn't they, have somebody yeah. in the front actually like hammering down at you. That's another thing. You either got something that they're hammering it down to you, they're making you scared of God, fearing God, or they're giving you, you know, false 
pretenses or false understanding of what God represents, uh-huh. you know, um, instead of, you know, I don't know, man, it's just crazy. I mean, I get frustrated too, and it kind of confuses me because I see that, you know, it's like I tell my wife, I'm like, man, I don't get why they do this or they do that. I mean, it's so simple. Why can't they do it this way? But I, I think sometimes to me, it's sometimes it could be a form of power hungry. They right. have to have it this way, and they have to have this leader, or they have to have it. You know what I mean? I don't, it, it, don't get me wrong. Organization is cool because it kind of keeps things in check, right? But at the same time, I think when you have organization where it's so controlling or organization where it's um, so demanding, then it's a problem. Right. You know? Yeah. You know? So, and I, I just wish that we could go back to where, we were, like you were saying, where we get together, you know, break bread. And and just talk about Christ, yeah, you know, or, or or learn, you know, even even question things about the scripture, like we're t- doing here, you know, we may see something that we like, I don't understand it, you know. The thing is that there's so many people out there that are are getting scriptures and twisting them around in their favor, and then there's some scriptures that you know may not say what it's being, right. you know what I mean? So. Yeah, they're, they're taking scriptures out of context. Mm-hmm. And they're just like, oh, it means this because of because uh, I need it to mean this right. today. Right. Yeah. And you could pretty much do that with any scripture. Just kind of pick and choose and say, cherry pick it and say, oh, I'll take this one. And this is what it means because it says this to right. justify something. You know? Yeah. And that's why I always suggest to people that I talk to, if somebody quotes you a scripture, you need to read everything that happened before it. You need to read. You need to. You should look for understanding what the author was meaning, who their audience was, and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and uh, because otherwise you, well, let me, let me, let me say this. If you read the Gideon Bible or at the front of the Gideon Bible, I think it says that you should, you don't read the scriptures by yourself all the time because, Mm -hmm. you know, sometimes your mind can twist what it means. Right. And sometimes people can twist it for you. Mm -hmm. And if they're just, Picking and choosing, man, they can twist it to whatever means they need to benefit themselves. Mm-hmm. And the scriptures say there's people that are going to be doing that. Yeah. I mean, they're doing it now. And they're doing it now. And you see people, and, and that's their, their livelihood. And there's some people out there that use, <laughs> they use no Bible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they use no Bible to give their message. I mean, and you can get something out of that too. I mean, motivation and all that kind of stuff. But, I mean, I think you need some, that motivation needs some foundation of something, you know? Uh-huh. Um, but that, you know, going back to what, you know, like revelation I had or whatever, it's like, I, I think we really need to get away from the commercial, criminal, commercialization of, of Christianity as we see it today, because it's become really commercialized. And it's also, the word Christian has no, no real meaning. It's kind of like, I'm a Christian. Really? Well, nowadays a lot of people that see this hypocrites. Yeah, you're a well, bunch of hypocrites. Yeah, yeah, and and in reality is, yeah, yeah, it's true. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's a hard truth that people are they they don't want to say, mm-hmm. but that's a hard truth that Christianity is a religion for people who aren't, you know. Yeah, it's true. Uh, you know, upright. Interesting factor that I've read is that uh, a vast majority of church leaders or church pastors or whatever have a lot of mental health issues because of the fact that they've gotten so much stress from their uppers or their overseers as some denominations call it. 
that they have to live this perfect life. You know what I'm saying? Right. And uh, it, I don't, I don't believe that we can. <laughs> no, you can't. No, you can't. I don't. I don't think you can because you know I've struggled with that myself. Uh-huh. You know, and but uh, I'm coming to terms with it that you know, no, it's 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 not possible because uh-huh. if it was possible, Jesus Christ wouldn't have to come and that's right do his thing. Right. That's right. You know, I, I sure we all want to, and yeah, I mean, I'm not saying go and do everything in the world and say that. Well, I can't do it anyway, so it doesn't matter. But you know, I, I mean, we can try, but you know. Just don't be upset with yourself when you fail, and that's the and I think that's one of the biggest things that some churches have made people feel guilty of that because of how they they preach or teach or whatever. That when they do fail, they take it so hard that they even actually leave the church, right? And stay, yeah, yeah. Because I've seen that you know, I've been in ministry for a long time, you know, you know, I'm sure there's people that have been in longer, but I've seen a lot of people leave the church. Because they were taught so such extremism, I guess you would say, in uh-huh. some ways, of Christianity, that when they messed up or they had an issue that they could never come out and say they had an issue, like addictions or whatever, that they end up just leaving church. And, and then when I'm saying leaving church, I'm leaving leaving church and leaving Christ behind. Right. Because they didn't think they were worthy or good enough, you know. And we're not. None of us are. But that's that's the beauty of, of forgiveness, right? You exactly. Know? You know, but it's sad when people make it sound like you can never be forgiven for the sins that you commit or, you know, have committed or whatever, future sins. So. Yeah. And it and it, uh, it makes me sad when I hear people, you know. It that, does. Because I, I have an aunt. I, I, she's in the, that same. She's the same way right now. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, she felt like. She couldn't keep up and what she was doing, you know, mm-hmm. live that lifestyle 100%. Mm-hmm. And she left. Yeah. That, that's sad. I always look at well, what is Christ? I mean, what he's our Abba Father. He's our, he's our daddy. And I always look at him as my daddy or, you know, or whatever. That that if I screw up, I can say, you know, I'm sorry. I, you know, this is what I did wrong. He already knows that anyway. You know, just like most of us parents yeah. always knew that we were doing something messed up. <laughs> yeah, that's the truth. You know, but but he he's always there to say, okay, well, I still I still love you. you know? Yeah. And I guess that's kind of hard for some people because of of Jesus Christ coming here and dying for sins and so much that he went through for us. That it's like, man, I mean, how can we keep screwing up and him keep forgiving us? You know, because... Look at look. I mean, look what he did for us. Who would do that? You know, who would do right. that? So, and then that's why sometimes it's hard for people to say, "Well, I I, I just can't go back because my sin is just too bad." Right. I don't believe that. But it's it again. Those are churches, and I'm not here to bash churches. But but those that's that's kind of stuff that they're teaching. Either like I said, either very extreme, or very, you know, the message is just not there. It's more about gains and all that. And we've talked about where, you know, you have people that are saying, well, uh, prosperity gospel. You said yeah. you, you said maybe it could be some of it cool or not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I like some of it. Yeah. Some of it's good. I think it's motivational to me. But I don't believe that that Jesus Christ or God wants us to, like some people will preach in order for them to get more money. Right, you right. Know, you know, they use that as, as a term or, or, or a condition that if you do this or whatever, then you'll get this much. I don't believe that God's like, well, you know, I'm doing your work or you're you're being a good Christian. Therefore, your Toyota would become a Mercedes. I think that, hey, if you have a car, then that's a gift. There you go. That's your blessing. That's your blessing. If I have a house, that's a blessing. 
Right. I don't need a mansion. My mansion's already prepared for me on the other side. Right. And I think that's what they talked about in scriptures concerning the riches and everything else. It's the the riches that we have through our salvation on the other side. Right. You know? Oh, see, see, I understand that. I believe that too. But I also believe that, you know, God will give you what you need here on earth right. to survive, to live. Right. You know? Yeah, that's, but there, he's there's, not, needs, there's needs and wants. There, there you go. Yeah. You know? Uh-huh. And so, but I believe that, you know, God gives you what you need, mm-hmm. you know? And, and, you know, I, I still have my questions about a lot of things and, you know, eventually we'll discuss everything because I, I have a lot of questions. I have a lot of ideas on, you know, what's going on. But so when, when a, somebody preaches something like that, you know, oh, ask God this, ask God that. To me, that sounds okay to ask God for, you know, and, you know, in hindsight, it might be silly, but I know from scriptures that God also answers your prayers with, with a no. That's right. Actually, you're you're a lot of times the answer or of uh, the the answer to your prayer is actually a no. You know, yeah. here's an interesting story. I was once um, we had one vehicle, and uh, this t- tells you how things just happen. You know, uh, and I said to myself, you know, I was talking to my son, and I said that um, that I wish that we had another vehicle in order for us to you know have more time to to get around because. The mom, our, well, my wife, used one vehicle to, to go to work, and the, I wish we had another vehicle so I would have more time to if there was things that we needed to do concerning ministry and everything else to have a vehicle. So, and anyway, we had that, you know, we talked about that, and then we went back to the house, um, and I got on the computer to do some searches and everything else. So, let me check my mail. So, I checked my mail, and then as I was checking my mail, my friend sent me an email that I haven't talked to in a couple of months he says oh by the way i'm moving and i have a vehicle that i'm not going to take with me so i want to give it to you so i believe that there's some things that you know that just but i don't you know and the vehicle's like you know a 10 10 year old vehicle it's not a mercedes or nothing right but god provided you know exactly. we were just having that conversation if i had this maybe i could do more because then i had the avenue of being able to go out people because we had another extra vehicle we could do that and to that happen, I mean, so I truly believe, and the pastor told me, he says, once you put things in God's hands and, and say, hey, this is, then you'll find his fingerprints everywhere. Right. You know, and I truly believe that, you know, and, but I also believe, and it's hard for people to, to understand that sometimes the things that we want by not getting them is actually, you know, answered prayer right there. Yeah. So, but there's some people who, you know, instant gratification. If you don't get it, then, hey, hey, then God's not doing his job. But that's and, and then you can blame that to some of the churches, man, because some of the churches actually preach that if you do this, 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 and this, you're going to get it, and it's not that's not the way it works. Yeah, you know, and, and it's like my the the point to my story is, you know, we talked about needing another car, and I said, well, it'd be great if God could provide that. I didn't go up there and ask him for it. I wasn't expecting anything, and for that to happen, that was cool with me, you know. But I I didn't I never thought that I would have to. You know, come to them and, say, and like some people do, and say, "Well, if you if you give X amount of dollars, you you'll get this, or if you do this, or I, I just I don't think there's a special formula or anything. I think God says, "Well, you know what? He does need it. I'll I'll provide it." Right. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's fine. But uh, anyway, that's that, that that that's kind of where I'm at. I'm, I just really feel that the 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 way that we do church today. Needs to change, you know. If you have a congr- if you find a congregation that you feel good at, that's cool, you know. Do your thing, but just being 
we need to go back and, and not even think. God, man, it's, it's so hard. I, I just want to be like kind of a barefoot, kind of be like Jesus, just kind of hanging out, talking about Christ yeah. versus the formality of an actual. Be mindful of the church that you're going to. Right. In, in my opinion, mm-hmm. and we may have to cut this, it might be too radical of a thought, but when, Go ahead. But when a, a, a church puts their traditions or rituals above the word of God, I, w- I would... I would start questioning what if you should be there. I understand. You know, when you talk about rit- rituals and stuff like that, there's some rituals in that I like in the church that I think accommodates to it, but it's not necessarily makes Christ or makes the church. Right. You see what I'm saying? But but when but what you're saying, I agree with you. I mean, but I look at rituals and everything as something that kind of kind of you know adds to it. Uh-huh. You know, but it doesn't make it right. Well, well let me. W- once they put it towards like your path for salvation, that's when I have the problem with it. Because in the scriptures, it only there's only one thing for for the path to salvation that I've read, and I've read them lots of times. You know, it's believing in Jesus Christ. That's it. Mm-hmm. Simple. But when you know, you, there's like, you have to show up on these days. You have to do these rites. You have to have this done or otherwise, you know. Yeah, for you, some denominations, you have to have confirmation, you know, communion and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. You and, know. you know, it's it's not in there. It's not in the scriptures. Mm-hmm. I mean, if 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 you're going to base your, your belief off the scriptures, right, why... Then base them off your scriptures. Don't base them off, you know, secondary things. You know, like stuff that's been added after it. Right. You know, I'm I'm not sure if that came out clearly. Yeah, I understand. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because there's, if you want to look at it spiritually, you have God, the scriptures, and then you have man, the rituals. Mm -hmm. Pick one or the other. Mm -hmm. If you're gonna, if you, if you say you're for God and you're for Christ, then just stick with the scriptures. Mm-hmm. And all these other things that you say that you have to do, otherwise you lose your salvation, which in my belief, you can never lose it. Yeah. Even, even the scriptures say that. Paul writes that in Romans, that yeah. you can never lose it. Right. That's when, that's where I have the problem, man. I, for me, for me, like to participate in rituals or whatever, I think is, it depends on what. But for me personally, I see beauty in it. You know, I see a closeness. I see a connection. But I don't see it that if I don't have that, that, that ends that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. If it's there, I'm going to participate in it. But if it's not, I'm cool with it too because my my focus. I've always said my focus is not any particular church. My focus is Christ. So if there's a man that falls away from the church, or there's a church that's kind of screwed up or whatever, and I'm part of that church, it doesn't affect me because that that the church doesn't make me. Christ is who makes me. My yeah. relationship is what makes makes me you know stronger in my faith. Not the church. The church is kind of just adds to it, but it can also take away from it too, you know? And what I mean by that, you know, a church can be, for some people, depending on your faith, it can take away where you just walk away. Yeah. You know? So, because of man's rituals, you know, or beliefs, or doctrine, you know, they, they can cause somebody to say, you know what, I'm out, you know? So, I mean, it can add to it, but it can also take away. It just depends on, on your faith. Like there, there could be some things in in the church that, and I've been in parts of, uh, I've been in church where they've done some really messed up things, where some people have walked away, 
And I understand that, and they have every right to, but it didn't. I didn't walk away from Christ. You see what I'm saying? Uh-huh. So I mean, that's how strong I am with my faith. So I don't think there's anything that would cause me to say, "Well, you know, I'm out." If that makes any sense, you know. Yeah. But I think that's very basic. That's very simple. Connection with Christ. You know. You don't have to do anything special, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, 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 Hold on. Uh, 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 Okay. But there's people out there that say that you'll lose your salvation. You're right. Yeah, I don't. I don't believe in that at all. Well, I, I, and you know, some people argue with me, but I, the scripture says once, you know, Paul writes in Romans, if by good works you can never reach salvation, once given to you by God or something like that, you know, what thinks by your works now you could lose it. Mm-hmm. He, he talks about the prison of sin to the prison of salvation. Now, do you think that as far as works, this as part of our salvation? Is it part of it? Yeah. Or no, I just I, many, it's it's a uh, a fruit. Okay. Uh, what is it? Uh, what's a, what's a, I don't know what the word is for it. It's a uh, it's an effect, or I guess effect effect of your salvation. Yeah, I agree with you. You know, it's like you add water to the plant; the plant grows. You are the plant. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Your yeah. works are the plant. Yeah. Uh, so that that's what I believe. So I believe, and I, and, you, and you know, even Paul writes, and you know, in, in Romans, that idea he struggles with that idea of that him knowing that right, because you know, the, for almost for the rest of the book, or the epistle or letter, or whatever, he struggles with trying to, uh, trying to reconcile that idea with not being an evil person. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. That doesn't give you. That shouldn't give you the right to go buck wild, and you know what I'm saying, right, and, right, right, right. So, and he, he and he talks about that, but in the end, I think his message was to that, you know, if you truly believe, then you probably won't do the bad things. But if you do, you don't worry about it. if you screw up, right? Don't 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 stress out. Don't beat yourself up. You know, don't seek to punish yourself in those ways because your punishment for your failure has already been given to Jesus Christ. Yeah, I've always been asked, like, you know, since if someone does something like a really horrendous, bad crime, you know, are they in, and they, they've claimed to be a believer and saved or whatever, um, will they go to hell? And my answer has been no. Yeah. I don't believe it. I don't, I don't, because of the scriptures, I, I can't say they will, you know? Uh, no. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and that's a hard answer that, and a hard truth that most people don't want to hear and yeah. don't agree with. Yeah. But then again, I would ask those people, have you read the scriptures? Yeah. Yeah, it's true. I, I mean, mean it's, 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 it's something that's very difficult to say. It is. No. But no. Because, <laughs> you know, like for people in my family, mm-hmm. my friends that are atheists, and they ask me the exact same question. And I tell them, no. I mean, yeah. Yeah. that's just a hard a hard thing to reconcile. Yeah, it's hard for the human mind to 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 think that way. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, because we usually associate with something evil or whatever bad is you know bad, and you know you go to hell for punishment. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, you're gonna pay the price, and that's it. It's over with. But unfortunately, or fortunately for 
for for them, Christ took the punishment. Mm-hmm. I mean, and fortunate for us, he did too, because it's scripture saying that all sin is weighed equally, mm-hmm. no matter what it is. Right. Right. So I yeah. thank thank God. Yeah, because that's 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 one of the things I always hear. Well, if this person does this and this, and you know, are they going? To, I'm like, I don't believe they will. You know, they strongly have, you know, the faith and uh, and that connection with Christ and everything else. Uh, you know, and, and their salvation. I'll put it in quotes. Um, no. Yeah, in their hearts, if they believe, right? I mean, or I don't. I'm as long as they believe. I don't know. It's hard because if you look at that, I'm sorry, I'm going to wait for my microphone. But uh, if you think about it, like on, on the crucifixion, then the crucifixion, you know, because yeah. some people say, well, you have to, you know, they've always talked about this before when I was doing ministering, like, well, my child passed away and then they're going to hell because they weren't baptized or whatever. But right. That's, that's a different subject. But if you think about it too, the, even as an adult, people will say, well, you know, they, they didn't find Christ, they weren't baptized and everything else, and then therefore they're lost. So then how do you justify the action on the cross with the thief or whatever. Yeah. Where he said, today you will be with me in paradise. Right. So what does and, that mean? And he, yeah. That guy didn't get off the cross to go get baptized. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. He stayed right there. <laughs> so it's, so when, so when people like say that you need to get baptized, I always point to that and be like, no, you don't. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's another hard truth that some people aren't going to like to hear, but no, you don't because example number one right there. Mm-hmm. I mean, if if you say that that guy's not going to heaven, then you're calling Jesus Christ a liar, right? And then is is that what you want to do? Right. I mean, I don't know. I, it, I, I, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I'm, I'm. I I I know from some from some denominations will look at it as a, I guess you would say a sacrament, something that's required, uh-huh. and then some look at it as an ordinance, just something that you do. You know, I look at it as I think I've told you this before. It's just for me, baptism. This is another subject, but baptism is just kind of like an outer reflection of your faith. But, go ahead. That, I just realized what I was going to tell you. I believe baptism is how, how John said, one will come by and baptize you in the Holy Spirit or in fire, mm-hmm. or I forget what he said. But I think it's a spiritual baptism is what matters. And I think that's the belief in Jesus Christ. Like baptism that, of fire or whatever. Yeah. The Holy the, Spirit, yeah. yeah I, I think that's what it is. The physical one is, like you said, a... Public, Rep, public, public representation yeah. of your faith and yeah. stuff like that, uh-huh. which is not required in my opinion, or right. or in the book. I mean, I haven't read that. Uh-huh. Sure, the you read that the apostles go, they get baptized and stuff like that, but do they get baptized? It just says they get baptized, uh-huh. and most of the time it's when they believe. When they believe, right? It, it is. I mean. I know that that baptism is practiced in like three different ways: the pouring, the sprinkling, and the immersion. Dumping, dunking, whatever, you know. So, I don't know, man. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't mean, know. I, I, I genuinely believe it's the spirit. It's a baptism of the spirit. Mm-hmm. But I mean, to each his own, I suppose. On that, I mean, uh, I would, I would, I would preach caution on that. Mm-hmm. Not preach caution, or you know, I would say be careful with that ideal because also, uh, I don't want to get into this subject. But you know, when Jesus told Peter, you know, what you hold true on earth, I will hold true on heaven. Mm-hmm. So, why would you make more uh, statutes on salvation? To, to you know, why would you make make it harder for yourself to be saved if 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 it's going to be held true in heaven? It, when the scriptures only say one thing, and you, all you have to do is that one thing. I would have just hold on to that one thing and just say, hey, everything else is 
yeah. optional. It's like to me, I look at things kind of practical, like in in scenarios, like real world scenarios, like you know, you, you're a pastor, preacher, whatever, and there's a car wreck, and the guy is dying, and he's not going to make it, and he asks for prayer, and and he asks that he, you know, you, yeah, whatever you want to perform, last rites or whatever, and he asks that Christ to be be with Christ. I don't think Christ is going to reject him because he didn't go through the formality of being baptized. Right. So I think he's going to accept him, you know, into the kingdom. But I don't, I don't, yeah, I'm with you. I mean, I, I, I can see what you're saying. And then I look at the stuff, I guess because of, you know, all the years I've done, you know, I see the formality of, but I've always felt that baptism is something that is a public statement of your faith. I should, I should have said that and said, it's a public statement of your faith uh-huh. that you've received Christ. Hey, I'm, 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 I'm saved or whatever you want to call it. I don't even know if I like that word too much saved, you know, um, and I have various reasons why, because I always associate the salvation or saved with a special prayer. If you say the special words, then you're saved. Uh-huh. And that's, to me, I don't believe that either. You know, I believe that if we open ourselves to Christ ourselves, we don't need to go through a special prayer repeating something that someone says. Uh-huh. Then we're, we have that connection because that veil has been torn. So therefore right. we have direct access to, to him ourselves. So we don't have to have that guy coaching us and what to say oh i see what you mean i see what you mean yeah like like after like if you hear it on the radio yeah you say so if you believe if you find christ tonight say this special prayer with us and you know i think it, it it goes back to me when i was in camp when i was a kid and i would have they would do altar calls uh-huh. um i was going to a, what you, i guess you'd say a, a, a baptist i think it was baptist um camp and they would do altar calls, and they would have everybody come in in droves, and then they'd say, okay. And they, the guy would say, okay, say this prayer after me, repeat after me, and then you will be saved. And it always kind of bothered me, like, why do I have to say this prayer to be saved? Because I, I don't get that part. Right. So if I didn't have the special prayer, or if, hey, I wanted to introduce Christ to my mom, but I didn't know that special prayer, then my mom would be lost unless she went through that guy to get that special prayer. Do you see what I'm saying? Exactly. <laughs> and that's another thing where I said it's rituals over scriptures. I mean- Mm-hmm. Nowhere in the scriptures doesn't say anything like that. Yeah. It just says, and so and so believed. This person had great faith. This person had faith and they were saved. They It wasn't, you know, it was just the moment that the spirit touched them in a way that they believed in Jesus Christ, you know, that the moment they had that, it was done. They were saved. Right. I mean, they don't have to pray that special prayer. You know what I'm saying? It, in their heart, in the spirit, in their mind, the strength and everything, it's done. It's They're already saved. You know, and I, I agree. I go back to my 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 childhood, I guess, because I went to I went from public school to private school, and the schools that I went to, I went there were like evangelicals or whatever uh, type schools, um, and they strongly, I mean, they were all, every I think it was Wednesday. Every Wednesday was chapel, and they had those altar calls, and they were doing that same thing, and it bothered me because they were always trying to because I wasn't I was Catholic. So, you know, they were always trying to get me to, hey, you're not saved unless you come over here and you get say this prayer. Right. So that's always bothered me, you know, because I, I never really heard it as a Catholic. I never heard anybody say, you know, anything about, I've never heard that, you know. And then I said, well, maybe these guys had the answer. But I was until, of course, as I more matured into reading more on my own and attending seminary and everything, I'm like, that doesn't make any sense to me either, you know. Yeah. So, but it it kind of, it kind of bothered me as a kid growing up I'm like man if i never said this or i never 
you know, did what they were telling me to do, then I was never, I was never with Christ. But all along I was because I believed and I always, you know, wanted, you know, him in my life. Yeah. I accepted it in my life, but I never said that special prayer. So then therefore I always thought I was like, I was like lost. See, I felt the same way when it was like uh, for, uh, what was it? Communion. Oh, okay. Yeah. Or, you know, the the sacrament, whatever it's called. Eucharist. Eucharist. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I, I've, I've gone to a, a few churches where I, w- I wasn't allowed to do it. And when I was young, because I wasn't young enough or I wasn't old enough. Old enough, yeah. And I wasn't part of the church later on. Mm-hmm. And I always felt like, this is not, this is not what it says in the Bible. Right. In the scriptures, this is not what it tells me. It tells me, just do it in remembrance of me. And so, yeah, I mean, I started doing it myself. Yeah. Because, and sure, I mean, the rituals and the fancy buildings and, you know, the the, the mosaics and the... Mysticism stu- and all that stuff. That's all, that's all great. And, you know, it's, you know, some of it's very beautiful and it's a mystery. And, mm-hmm. you know, it, it adds a lot of atmosphere to the religion. Mm-hmm. But... But honestly, I don't think that Jesus Christ wanted a religion. Uh-huh. You know, no. I, I think he just wanted uh, to be able to wake up and change, change their minds, or you know, change to think more about God and themselves as a, a personal relationship instead of God, a preacher, a pastor, a priest, or whatever, and then God. Right. You know, or you, what? What I say? Myself, a preacher, and then somebody else. You're, you're thinking total intimacy, and I will. I I agree with. We need to be intimate, and people say, "Well, that's kind of a hard, you know, dirty word to use." Intimacy with your. No, we do. We have to be. To me, it's kind of like a intimacy with your wife. You know, a real deep, deep, deep relationship with Christ. Exactly, and that's why in the scriptures it's where it pronounces the the church mm-hmm. is the bride of Christ. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that's intimate. Yeah. You're very intimate with your 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 wife or your spouse. Mm-hmm. Let's let's uh, you know remove sexuality or sexual whatever ideas off of it. There is intimacy without that, and there's a lot of representation of intimacy within the scriptures themselves too. Yeah. So, and I think that's what he's talking about. You know, an intimate relationship with him, a connection. You know, where, I mean, he already knows everything anyway, uh, but. Kind of like where you kind of, how do you say, get to know him even in a deeper way. But like, oh, that's that's Jesus Christ. No, that's more than Jesus Christ. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's just a deeper, a deeper. It's kind of, ah, man, it's kind of hard to say, but it's it's at a different level. You know? Yeah. So. I agree with you. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah. I, and I think it, it was hard for them to express that level of deepness. I think that's why they, you know, made the marriage, uh-huh. made it a, a marriage, some a symbolic marriage thing. You know uh-huh. what I'm saying? Yeah. Because who else will you share your deepest thoughts with besides your spouse? Right. You know, your deepest emotion. You have the deepest emotional connection with your with your spouse. You know. And just think, I mean, how intimate is it when, like you said, when they know everything about you. Christ knows everything about you. Now, on our end, we need to learn as much as we can. We'll never know everything about him, but as much as we can about ourselves. I think we can learn about a lot about ourselves by learning more about him. Right. So it works, you know, kind of kind of two-way thing. But, man, I I, uh, I feel that, again, that we need to uh, just kind of change our, our, our the wavelength of, of how we do church. And not worry necessarily about doing church and just 
focus more on doing God, I guess, you know. Yeah. You know. So uh I don't know. Do you now let me ask you this. Ask now, me. What do you think about church leadership? Do you think we need some type of church leadership or we don't? Let's look hmm. at Timothy. I mean, I think in Timothy it does say we have to have some type of somewhat leadership. And I guess accountability too, because you know, that that's uh, another thing we gotta think about. Yeah. I mean, it's I'm sure it it's good up to a point. I'm sure we need elders or, you know, wise men that have thought long and hard so we can bounce off ideas. Right. Or, you know, or what we think are premonitions or something like that off of somebody. Mm-hmm. And they say, you know what, go back and read this again and tell me what you now what you what you think about what you feel. Right. You know? Not somebody to be like, No, you're wrong. This is what it means. You know? Because right. to me, I I think that's what we need more. Yeah, somebody to bounce ideas off. Wise men or yeah. women. I mean, this. Yeah, because otherwise, if somebody could you can end up like somebody thinking that they're the the next prophet and they're really not, and they could do something horrible. You know, you can have another Inquisition. You can have another uh, Jonestown. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. Waco and stuff like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it, so you need we we need the leadership, but not to lead. By the hand. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Kind of like a think tank. Yeah. You know, kind of think throughs, you know, and then, I, I, you know, I, I've always struggled as a clergy member to have too much. I didn't want, I didn't want power. You know, I, I never wanted power. I wanted to be able to serve, but, but I also wanted to be cautious to us, like making sure that, like you were saying, have somebody that, like a mentor or something, I can turn to them, like, this is what I'm thinking. What do you think? Or this is what I think. This is what it's saying. What do you think? I never wanted to be like the only one person because I think we're asking for trouble when there's only one person, right? You know, and and we need to be accountable towards each other. That's why I I, I like the idea of no leadership and everybody can you know, but then I think having a somewhat of an organization but limited, like you were saying, is kind of more what I feel is what is what we need because I mean people can either astray or stray others away from the actual, you know what I'm saying? But, and I think that's what's happening uh, that we see a lot in churches now. I mean, you'll see, oh, if this guy doesn't fit this mold of this type of pastor, then that other pastor that's over here in the corner doing the best he can, working with, you know, then they're not legit. Exactly. And you see that all the time. If they're not at this level, they're not legit. And there, and there's a, there's a lot of good church workers that are, are um, that are out there doing God's work but they're not looked at as anything because they they're not whatever. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah, because they don't fit the mold that we've been, uh, I don't want to say brainwashed, but brainwashed to think that's what a church, a real church leader looks like. He's dressing the, in that suit, and he's got the fancy shoes, and he's got the nice haircut. And he's or got, he's got the skinny jeans and the got, beard and yeah. that look. <laughs> yeah, and the flannel shirt. Yeah. And, you know, and he's he got a nice facial hair and everything you know he dressed nice he speaks well he's well his rhetoric sounds good you know he's good verbiage but you know if you if, that's not the way I, I you know that's not the way when i read the scriptures that's not, not the way anybody came in the scriptures you know it was john the baptist he lived out in the desert and he was what covered in a, a cloth or something right yeah and man and nobody 
And he was counted like the greatest prophet of all, according to the New Testament. And all the other, everybody else was down down in the dirty. Yeah, you know like, what I'm saying? You know what's interesting? I've seen this thing on uh, online where a pastor uh, dressed it up dressed up, I'm sorry, dressed up as a, a uh, homeless person. Did you, see, did you ever see that? Uh-uh. And he sat outside of his church, and every single person walked by and didn't even offer nothing to him. Well, that pastor, it was the pastor dressed up as a homeless person. And then that homeless person walked into the church and then went up to the pew and started talking, and, that, and he took off everything. It was the pastor. Point being is that, you know, there again, people were looking at, a person instead of trying to invite him in and doing what was right, you know, they see this and they say, okay, well he doesn't fit the mold. So therefore I'm just going to pass him by. Right. That saddened me. That made me really sad, man. That makes me sad to hear. Yeah. That he actually dressed in like a, like a homeless person in front of his church. He sat out there like as they're going in and they all just walked, ignored him and walked in. Uh, you you know what that brings up in my memory from from scriptures, right? I know I said that I should like bring up the versions and stuff, but I I don't remember them. But that brings okay. me up the story of when uh, when Jesus said, you know, he said that a prophet is not welcome in his in his homeland. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. I mean, if I don't know, that's what, that's what, that's what it reminded me of. I mean, if if he if he dressed like that, I mean, were his was his congregation really following? Yeah, Christ. Yeah, and I if I'm, I'm sure maybe I don't know. I mean, some, hopefully somebody said something like, "Hey man, how are you doing?" Or "Have a good day." Man, not. Well, I have no idea. That's my point. That's my point. That that that, that right there is is it's how a, as believers we shouldn't be, and we should focus on even the little things like that. There versus, you go. You yeah, know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh man, that's that's sad. Yeah, it was. It was sad. I'm like, I can't believe that everybody. We watched the video and everybody walked by him, and he went out there and said, "No one even invited me in." Yeah. Well, it's probably gonna happen to us. Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, dude, man, it's, it's all about on my mind today. That's yeah, man, yeah. All right, well, I'll let you close the show then. All right. Well, thank you for listening, and uh, we'll be back next week, I hope, with some more conversation of Jesus in the Shed. There you go. Oh, Plain and simple. <laughs>